The following podcast is going to contain spoilers along with me, just a regular guy, talking about all the things I love, such as comics, movies, television, music, and books. So yeah, proceed at your own risk. Welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, Steven, and I read all my comics digitally. Now, it didn't start that way, of course, when I was a preteen and my dad first took me into a comic book store with my brothers and I bought my first copy of G.I. Joe. And to this day, I can never remember which issue number it was. I'm currently rereading all the classic G.I. Joe stories from back then, and I haven't quite hit upon the issue that just made me go, that's the one! That was the one! That's it! Oh my goodness! But I started, of course, reading the paper comics. Didn't have a lot of choice back in the 80s. The digital comics weren't a thing. It wasn't until just a couple of years ago that I started reading books digitally. I had completely stopped reading comic books Altogether, apart from the occasional trade paperback I would pick up at my local library, but I was not spending money on comic books. I couldn't afford them, and frankly, I didn't, I didn't have room for them anymore in the house. And then one day I am given a smartphone. The position, my job, where I work, they say, hey, buddy, This job requires that you have a smartphone. And I said, well, I don't have one. What do you say about that? And they said, oh, well, we'll give you one. And I was like, well, that's okay by me then. And they handed me over an iPhone. So I started using this Hoopla app that would allow me to read trade paperbacks digitally that I would check out from the library. And at first I wasn't, I wasn't all that impressed I was happy to be reading comics, more comics than I was getting books at the library, physical copies, because they had more options on Hoopla. However, through Hoopla, you could only check out, at least through my library, you could only check out four items per month. But I still, I used it, and I read books that I hadn't read before, and books that were released after I stopped reading comics, and, you know... I would see stuff about these books online and I would think to myself, I really should be reading comics again, but I don't, I don't want to spend the money on them and I don't want to, I don't want to have to house them anywhere. And so digital comics for me has really kind of quenched that thirst of wanting to read books, but not wanting to deal with the whole collector side of reading comics. Now, eventually when I started podcasting again, I started my Patreon and I and I one of the goals was if I can get at least $10 a month then I will start paying for a Comicsology unlimited subscription. And when I hit $10 a month that's what I did. So now I'm able to read even more comics at that point because you can borrow up to 50 books from Comicsology unlimited at a time. And unlike Hoopla, once you borrowed the book 
it stayed in your queue until you returned it. However, Hoopla, there were different books. There were books available on Hoopla that weren't available through Comixology Unlimited. Comixology Unlimited, think of it kind of like Netflix. There are certain books that are available, and every month new ones are added and others are taken away. So it's not as if every comic that you can purchase through Comixology Unlimited or through Comixology is also available through Unlimited. That's not the case. And then one day, it was, it was sometime around Christmas, probably of 2018. I'm on, I'm on my, my Comixology app, and I start looking at books that you can purchase. I start noticing certain books. I think, uh, I think it was Kitty Pride and Wolverine kind of popped up as something that they were recommending to me. And then I noticed the price. It, they were having a sale going on, and it was like 80% off. And I just couldn't pass that up. I had some money from Christmas, and I bought it. And ever since then, that's kind of what I do now. I, I use Unlimited to read what I can. I use Hoopla to read what I can. I buy the occasional new book each week. As far as new books that I buy, I probably buy maybe four to five a month at this point. And then when there's a great sale going on and I have some extra money, I pick up some trades. And I'm trying to pick up a lot of trades. The, For example, the Marvel Epic Collection is just got to be one of the most wonderful things that Marvel has ever created. Because I am now able to go back and read a lot of the stories that I read when I was a kid. Now, I've got all these books. I've got all the physical copies. They're up in my attic. And my collection right now, my physical collection is in such a disarray and there's so much crap in front of it and it's just all over the place and there's just it would just be too much. It's too much for me to go up there and start looking through comics. So it's helpful that I can read comics digitally. So at some point... I start asking myself the question, well, which is better, physical copies or digital copies? And and I don't really have an answer for you. I'm not sure why this seems to be debated a lot. It seems that people who don't like digital comics really don't like digital comics. And I almost get a sense sometimes that people who are, well, I guess I just feel like there's a group of people out there. I've heard them or I've read their stuff online, I've seen their rants, who not only don't like digital comics, they think digital comics should go away. I read this whole article online. Somebody was, just before 2020, they were saying, um, 2020 is coming up. Maybe it's time we revisited digital comics. And kind of walked through the idea that digital comic books are not being used or marketed that the way they should be. That in essence, because you're, there's no printing costs involved with digital comics, there's no real reason for them to be the same price as the physical copy. Yes, there's still money that goes into the book. You've got to pay the creators. And the store, the online store that's offering the books, they have, they have to make a profit out of it as well. They have to pay for the server space and employees that help maintain the website, all that stuff. But in essence, digital comic books should be cheaper. And so maybe what some of these big comic book companies should do is just start making digital comics 99 cents each to throw a price out there. That's what the guy did, 99 cents each. The idea being 
that your local comic book store, the average local comic book store is not going to draw in new readers. Many comic book stores are not friendly to new readers. Some of them are. Some of them, some comic book stores are run by great people who know what they're doing and they run a clean, friendly environment, open and welcoming. But even those, your average non-comic book reader that might be toying with the idea of a impulse buy, a comic book impulse buy, they're not going to go into a comic book store. They're going to do that at some place like a Barnes and Noble or a Walmart or whatnot. And you can't get the single issues in these places anymore. Some of them, yes, but in most places, no. And so if you wanted to try to draw in new readers to try to capture that impulse market, then the digital comics should be cheaper. And this was just an idea he put out there. And, and, I, and I somewhat agree with it. But then there were a ton of people in the comments disagreeing with him. And the reasons they gave for disagreeing with him were that nobody buys digital comics. Digital comics suck. Everybody talks about how digital comics are supposed to be this big thing and they're supposed to take over the the physical comic book industry, but they never did because nobody wants to buy them because they're too expensive. And so you're wrong. And I would look at those and I would think, well, you're kind of making his point. He's saying comic book, digital comics should be cheaper. Then maybe more people would buy them. And you're saying nobody's buying them because they're too expensive. So you're stupid. That's basically what these folks are doing. And I didn't, I couldn't quite wrap my head around the arguments against the idea of making digital comics cheaper. Because here's the thing. Being a member of Comixology Unlimited, for certain comic book companies like DC and Marvel, I get 15% off anything I purchase from those two companies. I think Image is 10%. I think Dark Horse might be 10%. Some other smaller companies, I don't, I don't get any percentage off. So when Comixology runs a sale... And they say, here's a freaking $25 book and you're going to get it for five bucks, but you're also going to get 15% off of it. I buy, I've bought a lot of books that way. And I know people who also buy a lot of digital books that way. And I bet Comixology makes a lot of money on those sales. Otherwise, they wouldn't have them all the time. I, I, I just have a feeling, I have nothing to back this up, but I have a feeling that if Comixology threw some numbers out there, I bet they make most of their money on those sales. I bet they sell more books and they make most of their money from those sales. Otherwise, they wouldn't do the sales all the time. There is always at least six different sales going on on Comixology all the time. There's always a Marvel sale. There's always a DC sale. Sometimes there's two Marvel sales and two DC sales going on at the same time. You know, maybe highlighting, highlighting a, a creator. This week only, all Dan Slott Marvel comic books are 80% off. You know? And I, I have a feeling they sell a lot. I have a feeling they make a lot of money. I have a feeling that if you took all those sales away and they just only sold digital books at regular price, they would probably crash and die within a year. Now, that's just a theory. That's I'm, I have nothing to back that up. I'm talking out of my butt here. But I kind of wanted to make this episode about digital versus physical, kind of, because I have now had my feet in both worlds. And the only thing I miss about having physical comics 
is the act of actually reading them. There's a part of me that misses going to the comic book store, getting my new books out of my pull box, the tactile sensation of holding these books, the way they smell, having them put in that brown paper bag, taking it home, sorting the books by which one I want to read the most, which I would put at the, at the bottom. Never really understood the whole top of the stack thing. I never, if there was a book that I wanted to read the most, I wanted to wait. I didn't want to read the best book first and then read books that maybe aren't as good last. That, that didn't make, that's never made any sense to me. Top of the stack for me is the book that I want to read. I still want to read it. Obviously I bought it, but it's the one that I wanted to read least of the, of the entire stack. But that's all I miss about physical books. I don't miss the collecting aspect of it. Buying bags and boards, putting them in bags and boards, sorting them, alphabetizing them, putting them in boxes, blah, 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 trying to find room for them, all that crap. And honestly, if I could afford the kind of comic books habit that I used to be able to afford back in the day when I was buying physical books, and I felt good about just chucking the comics when I was done with them, I probably would buy physical books just for that sensation of owning them and reading them and flipping through the pages and all that. Because reading them digitally on a phone doesn't compare to reading them in physical form. Now, maybe if I had a nice tablet with a nice big screen, maybe that'd be a little differently. But when you read them on a phone, you have to read them panel by panel. Otherwise, you can't read the words. So that's a downside of digital for me. Otherwise, really, it's, it's all upside for me. I can carry around in my front pocket hundreds and hundreds of comic books. They're right there at my fingertips. And as long as I have access to the internet, be it data or wireless, I've got access to hundreds and hundreds more. And I find that wildly appealing. Now, the down, a downside, of course, to digital comics is that not all comics, now not every comic that's ever been produced has been digital, digitized, scanned in and digitized. For example, when I was, when I started my other podcast, Event or Else, which I may have an update for you at some point in the future on that, but when I started that podcast and I was looking at the events for Marvel and DC Comics stretching out before me, I bought, well, I got Secret Wars through Comixology Unlimited. Crisis on Infinite Earths was going to be after that. I bought that trade through Comixology. Secret Wars 2 is going to be after that. I bought that. All these on sale. I mean, I'll buy six or seven freaking trades for the amount that it takes. And I'm talking thick 400-page trades for the amount that you might pay for one six-issue trade. Okay, so next up for DC would have been Legends. Bought that because it was on sale. Now, with DC after Legends... At some point, I was going to come come up to, in the 80s, they did a an event called Millennium. And guess what? DC hasn't digitized Millennium. You can't buy Millennium digitally. It's not available digitally. So if I do continue with the event books, I either have to hope that by the time I get to Millennium, that DC has digitized it and I can afford to buy it, or I'm going to eventually have to just go up into my attic because I know it's up there. Another thing that I like about digital comics is that as long as they were, as long as they're available, 
how do I want to say this? Okay, let's use Murder Falcon as an example. Murder Falcon came out last year. Or let's actually, let's, yeah. So I tell people, hey, you should read Murder Falcon. Now they could go into their local comic book store and say, hey, I want to buy Murder Falcon. Do you have it? And they may have the back issues. They may have the trade or they may have to order it for them. Or they can just go to Comixology and order it. Boom, right there. Boom, it's on their phone. I also like the fact that a couple of weeks ago, on Wednesday morning at around 3.30 in the morning, I woke up. I couldn't sleep. I woke up and I was sitting on the couch and I couldn't get back to sleep. So I got on my Comixology app and I looked at for I looked at the new book releases for that week. What's coming out on what, you know, what was out on Wednesday? And I purchased two new books sitting on my couch at 3.30 in the morning and I read them. Before most people in my area have even gotten up for the day, before any of the comic book stores for miles and miles and miles around have even opened, probably in most of the country have even opened, I've already purchased the new books and I've read them and I didn't have to leave the house and I was in my pajamas. I think that's pretty cool. But at the same time, I, I, I really do miss reading those physical books, holding that stack in your hand and going, this is my, this is my stack of books for the week. When you are a member of something like Comixology Unlimited, and I, I felt this even more when I joined the, um, the trial week. Actually, I think I paid for a full month of Marvel Unlimited. There's something to be said about too many choices. When I have practically all of Marvel's back catalog to read, I've paid $10 and they're saying, here's everything. Here's practically everything that we've ever done right at your fingertips. Dig in. It's like, okay, where do I start? And I would start somewhere and I'd say, no, maybe I should go back a little further. And then I'd start there and I'd, no, maybe I should, maybe I, and it just, it became too much. And when my, and before my month was even up, I took the app off the phone. Canceled the service, took the app off the phone. Now, maybe that had something to do with the fact that I knew I was only going to have it for a month. And so that gave me like performance anxiety. I've only got a month to read as much as I can. Where do I start? But I do that with Hoopla a lot too. I've only got four books that I can check out this month. Which four am I going to do? Don't, don't waste your choices. I've only got 50 books that I can borrow through Comicsology Unlimited at one time. Don't waste your choices. I've actually got, I think, 44 books that I've borrowed from Comixology Unlimited. And most of them are, are just sitting out there unread because I haven't gotten to them yet. But as long as you have it borrowed, if a month comes and they take that out of Comixology Unlimited, if they take that book out of Comixology Unlimited, because I have it borrowed, I still get to read it. But if I return it, I can't check it out again because it's no longer part of Unlimited. So there are certain books that I have borrowed that I know I'm not going to read for months and months and months, but I keep them just because I don't want them to go off of the, out of the service. And then I have to, well, then I can't read them. But again, I sure do miss those physical books. I recently bought Akira volume one through Amazon because that is a book that has not been digitized. I've been all up and down on Twitter tweeting to the, to the publishing company that owns the publishing rights to Akira. They have a crap ton of digital books on Comixology. There is always a sale for their that publisher. There is, they always have a sale going on. And I've tweeted at them multiple times. Why aren't you digitizing Akira? I would buy all six volumes today if they were available. 
digitally. Why aren't you doing this? And of course they don't respond. And I stopped tweeting at them because I don't want to be that guy. But eventually I want to read these books. So I bought volume one. And it's weird because sometimes I will also check out physical books from the library while I'm there. And so I'll have a stack of trades sitting on my shelf that I borrowed from the library, or I'll have this physical copy of Akira volume one. And then I've got a phone full of comics and I go to the phone every time. A lot of times I will get a big stack of books from the library and they sit on my shelf unread for a month and then I return them unread. I don't, I can't explain that. I can't explain it's, it's more of a convenience thing. It's like if there's a movie on Netflix, but I also have it on DVD, I'm going to watch it through Netflix. I'm not going to get up and get the DVD and put the DVD in. I'm not going to do all that crap. I'm not going to get up off of the couch, walk to the other side of the room, pick the book up off the shelf, walk back to the couch and sit down and read it. That's crazy talk when I have my phone right there. So I guess what I'm saying here, if you listen to this episode expecting an answer, which is better, digital comics or physical comics, I can't answer that question for you. For me, I'm preferring the digital comics. I think there's a lot of really good reasons to read digital comic books, but I think there's a downside as well. What if, for example... Comixology folds up, you know? They're no longer making money. They go bankrupt. They're no longer a company. I've still got the app on my phone, but if they're no longer a company, the app's not going to be supported anymore. And then my phone dies. I have to get a new phone. Can't get the app anymore. I just spent all this money on comic books over the last number of years, and I can't read them because they, they don't exist. They're just digital comics out on this cloud somewhere. What if the apocalypse hits? What if I'm in the middle of the zombie apocalypse and I want to read a freaking issue of Spider-Man? I can't do that digitally because you know what? The power's gone. Power's out. I can't read comics during a power outage. I mean, I couldn't during the night anyway because it'd be too dark. But during the day, I can't read digital comics during a power outage if my phone is dead and I don't have a charging block and I can't go out and plug my phone into my car. Yes, uh, you know, it's... I can always charge my phone, but you see what I'm saying. There is something to be said about owning the physical property, something that physically exists versus a digital book that ultimately lives either on your phone or out in the cloud. Because there's a lot of what ifs in the world and a physical issue, unless it catches fire or gets soaked, you know, or something physical happens to it, it's, it's going to last practically forever. You can't really say that with digital comics. Digital comics for me is a better reading experience. It's more convenient. It's not a good, I don't think it would, it's a good investment. I don't think 40 years ago, 40 years from now, if I'm still alive, I don't think I'm going to be reading any of these books I bought digitally because I don't think they're going to be around. Technology will change somehow. The company will fold. Something's going to happen, and those books will just be gone forever. So that's certainly a downside to digital comics. But for me, for today, for this time, for me, digital comics are the way to go. And I'm very, very very happy and very grateful. I said helpful. I was mixing grateful and help. I was mixing grateful and happy. Helpful. Hapful. I'm very helpful. I can't even say it. I'm grateful and happy that digital comics exist. 
because I probably wouldn't be reading comics, at least not that many. And I certainly wouldn't be doing this podcast without them. So what about you? What do you prefer? I have a feeling most of you prefer physical. I know a few of you that read digital comics. I think at the end of the day, when all is said and done, when the world's coming to an end, the physical comic is the way to go. But for me right now at this time, in the history of our world, in the history of who I am, digital comics make sense. So until the end of the world, until that these until these comic books no longer exist, and all I can do is go up in my attic and read those books that I bought when I was a child, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to stop the episode. The episode's over, folks. Walk away. Don't look back. Except do. Come and read. Come and listen to these multiple times. I don't know. I don't know why you'd want to do that. Anyway, my name's Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Just Another Fanboy is a presentation of the Stephen or Else podcast. Questions and comments can be directed to feedback at stephenorelse.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash stephenrorr and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast, a weekly show about whatever crawls its way into my tiny little mind just moments before I tap record. You can find me on the World Wide Web at stephenorelse.com or find me on Twitter and Instagram by searching for at stephenorelse. I also encourage you to subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star review, and share this episode with a friend. Just Another Fanboy is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that over at comicspodcasts.com. All links will be in the show notes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com.